hello, hello, and welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon and a Movie. I'm Tawana. I'm going to have to cut you off. You can't touch the mic. Because it goes... I, I don't touch. You get nervous. Nervous yeah. tech. We go again, we go again. One, two, one, two. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're so glad you joined us. So sit back, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode four. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Oh, and this did today we brought in uh, Alex, our sound guy. He's actually going to get to talk on the mic because he has a lot of points of view today because he saw the movies with us. So it's uh, going to be fun to hear his experience in these damn movies. I'm glad we mic'd up. So now let's talk about what we chose to drink to represent the mood or what we were feeling or anything in between. So this this episode I chose Allagas, uh, the St. Kippelstein, excuse me, St. Kippelstein. I chose it because it's, it's velvet, yet smooth, dark finish reminds me of the thematic films of these films. They're very, they're very dark, they're very muddy, they're very, very chocolate. <laughs> I say chocolate because the leads were very chocolate. They're black people, and I thought that that, oh, that, that meant it should be represented. But and anyway. they lived throughout the entire movie, folks. Yes, they did. They are the heroes. Exactly. <laughs> Get out style. So anyway, so my St. Kippelstein. It's a full-body beer brewed with chocolate malt and dark chocolate malt, roasted barley and brown barley. Um to round out its robust flavor, St. Kippelstein is hopped up with Chinook and Northern Brewer, fermented with the Trappist-style yeast for a month, then aged three more in beer bourbon barrels. So, it's happy came, ha, I'm sorry, happy St. Kippelstein is a celebration in which they celebrate eating ham and all these like pot root dish meals, but I'm not drinking this in terms of celebration. I'm really drinking it for the muddy style. Vaughn, That's what do you a having? whole lot going on in the damn beer. <laughs> <It's a laughs> I mean, I really don't. I don't know what's also, happening there. Oh wait, wait. Let me just say. There's more in this beer. There's more in this beer. This beer was given to me by my boss Brian Darmody. If I do not say his name, I'm sure he will kill me. Thank you very much, Brian. It was a very good beer. Vaughn, what is your bourbon? I'm drinking Hudson uh, bourbon today, and they're from New York. I'm, I'm celebrating New York and the upstate of New York. And uh, this beer, sorry, excuse me, this bourbon is, <laughs> is amazing. It has all the classic notes of bourbon. You know, you get that caramel flavor. It's a little smoky. It's a little vanilla. And it was, it was uh, manufactured here in New York. It's uh it's been in the barrel for like four years, which is which is cool. It's a, a younger bourbon, but it's good. And like I said, it was manufactured here, and and I just love the taste of it. And it brought something special to, to the day and the kind of movies that we're talking about. Because I wanted to I wanted to bring that New York feel into it, which I think you know when look when thinking about slight, one of the films we're going to talk about today, it it kind of felt like it had a little 
New York edge to it, but not. So, you know, we're going to talk about some things today. So today we're going to talk about Slight and The Girl with All the Gifts. And we'll start with Slight, directed by J.D. Dillard. Um, wasn't he a, a festival circuit director coming up? Yeah, this was big in the Sundance circuit this year. At, uh, and so there was a lot of hopes for this guy and his film work. Because he worked at, uh, he was uh, actually a receptionist at Bad Robot, which is J.J. Abrams' company. And so there's a lot of hope and dreams for this guy. And, and there's a lot of, he had a lot of vision and, and hope for how his superhero kind of character was going to be represented. And I think that he he was doing some interesting things, but I think he kind of missed the mark a little bit. I think so, too. So basically, synopsis of the film is, it is a young street musician played by Jacob Lattimore, who was left to care for his little sister after his mom was passing, and turns to drug dealing to keep a roof over their heads. Um, when things get a little too deep for him, he's forced to, like, focus on his magic and his brilliant mind to basically save her. I felt, um, I once really liked this film. I really did. Because you were selling the ass I was so I sold the fuck out of this film. Like, it, it had paid me to, like, JD was like, listen, bitch, please put it on the show. But I was sadly disappointed. I mean, I didn't think it was a horrible film. I just thought it was missing some things for me. I thought at first... It was slow, but sweet. I thought it had a message. I thought it tried to turn the stereotype on its head, so the good kid does bad, but doesn't turn bad. I thought that it was missing a lot in its craft. I thought as a cinematographer, I understand what imagery should look like, and I just thought it was missing a lot of a lot of movement in it. There was actually no movement in it at all. And when I say movement, some of you out there who understand film, um, what I mean in movement was there there were there were no pan there were just pans, but there were no like push ins. There were no dolly movements, there were no jibs, there were no there was no the camera never moved. There was just shot the shot the shot and I just thought weird camera angles, no movement, one montage and the club scene was the best thing going. The music was horrible and orchestral it was there was no life, no tone, no mood was really set. It it felt like California, but not a great deal of life to it. it but was, that is California. There it, is no life. The film was set. The film was set in L.A. It was so you're set gonna in LA. you're gonna lose a lot when you when you because you wanted to have texture, you wanted to have culture, but I don't want culture. L.A. doesn't speak to that I unless you're in a gang. I've and the difference, the difference with this guy, yeah. which I was happy to see, is you got a new slice of life of the African American experience because he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't a street thug. He wasn't all well, these yeah, things. He saying. was a smart kid who was trying to find his way. And yes, there was a drug element, but he was trying to. He sold drugs to take care of his sister and his family because he was the the main caregiver for his family since his parents were deceased. Oh, so yeah. he had to be that. And, and I think this film kind of piggybacks on what. Dope did last year because Dope told a better story in this. They in this, definitely told a better story in this. They also had playground. fucking music, right? But the thing was, <laughs> they also had pans. The they also film, had but hold shit. on, we're, we're, we're talking about They're Slight dead. right now. Yeah. Dope is an amazing movie on its own, and I, I wish you guys would check it out on Netflix. Yeah. But what I'm saying is about this film is that I think for a first time director, I think he's trying to. He's trying to tell a different story. Yes, there's some things that could have been done differently and better. 
but and like music because I think the soundtrack for this film. So orchestra work. It, well, it was more. It wasn't even orchestra. It was electronic. It was yeah, almost it was like, like it felt very eighties to me. Yeah, in, in, in the sound of the music and the feel of it. Just you could have taken the music from Terminator. Yeah, and dropped it right have. on this film, and it would have been fine. Because it was very 80s to me in, in that style. But, and that could have been a budget concern. Because I don't necessarily, it's not easy to, to finance a movie, and it's not easy to bring in music. And you wanted hip hop tracks and I all these kinds of things. I didn't want hip hop tracks. I think you did. I just wanted it to be interesting. More interesting than it was. I mean, you know, it fucking, they started off with this air about them like, Oh, Dulé Hill, who plays uh, who plays the drug kingpin in it, you know, was like this charismatic drug kingpin at the beginning, and he turned into like a British butler by the end. I was just like, continue. Oh my continue gosh! Your... Oh my he gosh! Like, what are you talking he about? He was like, golly gee, Willikers! <laughs> I can't believe you hurt me. Please forgive me. <laughs> it was like hip hip materia, all of that. It was horrible. I didn't like that part, and I just felt like. I get what they were going with with um, with Bo Jacob Lattimore's character, but I felt like he was like the David Blaine of drug dealing. It was like, what? Like, he, 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 but in whole, reality, he wasn't. He wasn't your your. He wasn't drug a dealer. drug dealer. Yes, he was dealing drugs to people going to parties. Which is why so I he said was dealing Molly, the David Blaine of drug dealing. You know, if you think about if David Blaine was a drug dealer, he'd be this guy. He would be the smooth talking, you know, inconspicuous guy, just sort of chilling, trendy in the crowd, not really knowing what he's getting himself into. And I, I totally get it. I see where they were going. I just thought acting was good. I just thought they could just pull it up a little bit in terms of visual effectiveness. That's, I don't know. You just you just felt you felt empty in that in that I way. I felt empty. In what that I way. wanted to have was a little more believability from Dulé Hill's character because he was That's the what I just said. He was the principal yeah. star that we knew of anything because we had a lot of new faces in this film, yeah, which was good, and I'm happy to see that. But I think Dulé could have been a little more convincing as a drug kingpin because I don't really think of him but, in that but way. But Dulé is psych. He's uh, right he's Broadway and all he's these other doubt, things. He's, yeah. he's West Wing. He's right. not drug dealer guy. I, I mean, I thought he was really going to pull that out and show another side, but by the end, I was just like, really, dude. Because I liked, I liked his ruthlessness, I but like I think that, you know, it, it kind of fell off his at the charismatic end. charismatic ruthlessness. But I was very happy to see some fresh faces in our in our lead, well, and he did yeah. carry the film, well, Jacob which Lattimore, is not easy to do. Right, he's just a, sort of a breakout star. I mean, he's been around for a little bit, but this is his first time helming a film all on his own. And he's known for some roles, you know, like Black Nativity, Maze Runner, Ride Along. But I just he did a he did a fairly good job. I just also thought the ending was a little disappoint disappointing. I just thought that what what we were seeing, his girlfriend in the film sees something. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I would have liked to see a little bit more shine in her eyes or a little like brief clip of what she was. Or seeing. you'd have liked to see what she was seeing. Right. right, a brief clip of what she was saying. Even if it was from behind, you know, just something. Because I don't, uh, she wasn't giving me enough for me to be like, oh, my God. But I'm going to tell you I'm what, I think, back. what yeah. I think this film is a part of is, is the, new, the new wave of African-American film and storytelling right I agree. now. I think that Dope started it, and I think this film is part of 
the move yes, toward other films because we're hearing yeah. different African American stories. Right, it's and I not, appreciate that. It's not about drugs, crime, sex, violence. It's and it's there was really. all those elements in some of these pieces. Right. But I think that we're we're getting a different kind of African American experience. It was beautiful. And not all of us grew up in the streets. Not all of us didn't have any education. Not all of us grew up in the projects. So you're getting a little bit no? of that kind of story. This guy is a scientist. <laughs> he was smart, and he relied on his kidding, intelligence to save the day in this film. So I think that's the thing that, and we all had a pretty heated debate after we watched the film. Yeah. But tying back to what you're saying about believability, yeah. that was the thing for me that I struggled with the most because it was a confused film from what perspective it was trying to tell. And at the one hand, we had the coming-of-age tale, which was the most compelling part of the film for the first sort of right. almost the whole 60 minutes. Right. There's this, like, brief moment where you see him, you know, putting the antiseptic on the electromagnet that he's built into his arm. But there's... And that happens at about minute 15, 20, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. The and then you don't see it again. You just see him... You see him kind of trying to deal with the infection... And we you don't, don't even see, know what it is. You though. don't know what it is. Yeah. You don't see how it got into his arm. You then see him using, um, you know, doing tr doing magic tricks on the street right. with his hand. Um, but you don't, they never address it again. It never gets right. addressed again. Other than when the girlfriend was talking about it. That was the only other yes. time. But it just, she was so mesmerized by this weirdness in this guy's arm. Hell, they never even had sex in the film. But I guess if I, I saw know. some battery sitting out of somebody's arm, I wouldn't want to have that sex with That was some YA sex scene. It was definitely <laughs> Twilight all day. There was no sex scene. It, but was, it was like, but you know, I don't Twilight know if you scenes. needed it, but it was just the fact that, you know, he met a young lady and she all of a sudden decided, I'm going to spend the night with you. And then she just never yeah, left. She's a little too clingy. And but it's like, okay. And then she discovers that he has a magnet in his arm that right. he apparently put there. Right. Never brings it up again. And the the director never, like the only time that yeah. it ties back into the film is at the end when, when he, he needs to use to it doctor. to sort of save the day. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and then that's when we see, you know, he finds his old professor from high school. And right. we really discover that he was this, you know, science genius. And it, but right. it just felt very like the whole story was about him trying to get out of the drug game, yes. you know, right. and try to sort of survive raising his sister by raising himself. Raising his sister by himself, yeah. And and it's just it was very clunky the way that they they tied the whole arm because like that's a significant that was significant thing which just never got brought in and it felt very sort of like oh it's a convenient film. Well, they gave cool. us some brief flashes at the beginning about yeah. his whole school life. And a montage. It was and, a montage sort of, of photos. A montage of and photos. awards and so on and so forth. Awards, yeah, with, with, some, with some dialogue in the background about, you know, congratulations. And, like, you know, it was all this, like, sort of, like, dialogue. And then his mom's the, death. And then his voicemail. mom's death on a voicemail. And it, it just, it was, it was, they were alluding to things that they never really concre concretely explained. And it needed to be explained. But, but I think they were more focused on the drama of him trying to deal with the drug situation and how to get out of that. Because he really wasn't that guy. He was, he's not a He really wasn't type. that guy. He was very He was sweet. a nice guy. He was trying to take care of his sister. And he just kind of got caught up. And, and luckily, we had some supporting characters in the film, like the, the, the friend who lived next door. Store, that was she was almost like the surrogate mom. Right. Because she, he had someone to go to. And yes. someone to help take care of her sister. The sister was pretty good, too. Yeah, she was. And her, her brief moment. I think she might be a rising star if she can survive Hollywood. But, um, you she know, I, it, it was interesting. Sure. 
that we're at least getting to see these kinds of stories and, you know, that to let people know that black people actually read books and go to science class and Message. can create some things. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy to see that. You know, we, we, we do like science. And that, that was encouraging to me because we don't see that enough and we're not encouraging not enough because I know there's some kid twiddling around in his with his science kit like there's I used to have. There's a million coders out there, in too. In his room and people trying to learn to code that I think that this... Trying. This, my, but, 12, my nine-year-old niece is coding. But that's what I'm saying. We have a new, we have a new black we, population now. We have a new black population and we have a new black perspective. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not really new. They've always existed. It's just existed. been there all the time, but we've been ignored. There's been blurred since the beginning of sci-fi, but we haven't been prevalent. But the, they are now. And I think you're right in terms of what you're saying about um, the new black perspective. I mean, dope. There was some in between, but then... Okay, so the high points are dope, get out, and this one. And I think there's gonna be some more coming up. We're gonna definitely have some more, and it's not gonna be about romantic comedies and and all the little love dramas and, you know, the best man and, you know, all those kinds of films, which were great in the 90s. We need more of those, but right now we're we're taking a different spin on it. Taking a different spin because it beckons it. Yeah. But so let's get on to the next film. The next film is The Girl with All the Gifts. It is available for rental through Redbox. Yes, I know that is a foreign entity now. But we still have discs, and we can still rent them. <coughs> and we can absolutely stream them because it's available for rental on, I think, Amazon. Voodoo. Voodoo. A few other places. So trust me, really worth the price. It's cheap. This was like $4. Mm-hmm. So it's really cheap. But um, so anyway, Girl with All the Gifts, um, British film. Directed by Colin McMurphy, British cinematographer Simon Dennis, who I really appreciated in this. Uh, newcomers uh, Senia Nanua, who Amazing played actress. yeah, who played Melanie, the little girl in it. Amazing. Glenn Close, Gemma Arterton. Pretty sure I said that right. Gemma, yep. Arterton. Yeah, we've seen her that. around a lot. We've seen her in. Um, I mean, I'd say Arterton. Arterton. You know. Arterton. That's right. <laughs> Cheers, Kiwi. It's my, my training wheels of, ki- <laughs> of the Kiwi world there. And um, Patty Considine. Dean. He's British. So that's good. That's close enough. Patty Con- who's Which character is he? He played Sergeant Marks. Oh, is that the guy? I didn't know that that was the white guy. That the, he played the white guy. The, he played the, 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 the sergeant, sergeant that yeah. sort of hated her. Yeah. And then, I, I, he liked her at the end. He liked her at the end. I she don't was think a soldier. He, I don't think he ever really hated her. I think he... He just knew her for what she was. He just knew her for what she was. Okay, so basically what the film's about is this post-apocalyptic world filled with uh, zombies, who they call hungries, and so humanity has become ravaged by this mysterious fungal disease. Uh, The afflicted are robbed of their free will and turned into this flesh-eating hungries, as I just said, and uh, humankind's only hope is a small group of hybrid children it seems who crave human flesh but retain their ability to uh think and feel yeah right? pretty much pretty much yeah. and talk and then make humans that need wise to eat decisions humans, every now and then. humans <laughs> that need to eat humans humans that need to eat anything because yeah they she was eating cats she killed her kitty i like she how they were some, she killed her she kitty, killed her kitty. Let's kill i love the that cats. Was such a good that's my favorite line it's on a t-shirt mm. she killed her kitty mm. Would you like? Would you, is it, would you like a cat? 
I've already had mine. Yeah. I already that had was mine. My favorite That's line. That's my favorite line. She From killed. She killed a kitty. It's my it's favorite. So well, you know the greatest thing so about this show. I love the fact that it looked and felt like Twenty Eight Days Later, because that was one of my favorite of films. And it just had this eeriness about it, this very uncomfortable space where you knew that the world was, you knew it was a bad place. And and they they took the genre of the zombie. They stepped it up. And they stepped it up in a whole yeah. different way. Yeah. And I think that, because I'm a Walking Dead fan, and I love zombies, and Night of the Living Dead is one of my favorite films. Absolutely. And I, I just think that I love what they did with it and to bring the element of children into it. Which is always scary. Because people think scary, crazy children are weird anyway. And I think scary, this movie amped that up to, to the to the maximum. And this, but this this lead character, this little girl, was just Melanie. outstanding in how she, you liked her and you wanted her to win because she was the hero in the film, but you knew she was also a zombie and you could appreciate her struggle because she was trying to find her humanity, humanity, and all this stuff. So I, I just, it was just a great film, and I'm so sad that so many more people didn't see this. Well, I think it it came out in February ish. I think I read that it said January. And I think everyone missed it because it was like Oscar time and no one's really looking for it. And I sort of briefly heard about it when I went to look for it, it was gone. It didn't show up on Facebook for it, me, so. It didn't show right. up. You know. Well, you know, one of my coworkers it, was talking my one of my coworkers was reading the book. Right. And she well, raved there's a second one now. And raved, Boy and the raved about this book. And she was like, Oh my god, I gotta find this film. I heard they made this film and it was European and she was literally searching for it. And she was the one who turned me on to it. And I was like, wow, I'm curious about this. And I had no idea what it was going to be about. Well, a friend of mine posted it up on his Facebook page. And um, he's a film friend. And he tagged me in it. He was like, you got to see this film. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I'll check it out. And I checked out the trailer. And I was hooked from the time I saw the trailer. And I was super excited to see it. And I just thought, I thought the same thing that you thought, that it adds to the lexicon of zombie films. I mean, okay, so 28 Days created the running zombie, right? As opposed to, like, the zombies you can walk around and sort of, like, uh, those guys. All right, so the running zombie became so much more scarier because if you were fucking out of shape, you were fucked. And, like, the, um, the movie, the Z movie, <laughs> yeah. Brad Pitt. Um, World War Z, which World was War another Z one. World had the running zombies. Which had the running zombies, but they added this sort of, like, their zombies were smart, too. Right. As as opposed to 28 Days, zombies weren't smart, but they ran. So zombies got smart in World War Z, which also added to the lexicon. And then in this one, the zombies slept. Yeah. There was, like, a whole sleeping period where where you could, like, sneak by a zombie. Because they go to sleep unless they kind of, they kind of go into hibernation, hibernation mode. Right. If there's no stimuli if around. there's no stimuli and no food. So, I mean, I, I just thought that... Um, that, I just thought that part was really interesting. I also thought it was interesting how they explained this whole thing about how the mothers, how they call them neonates or abortions, which is kind of fucked up. Um, I'll stick with neonates. But neonates was the description they gave these children who were like zombie kids born normally. Well, not normally, really. They were infected in the womb and thus ate their way out of their mother's which was creepy as fuck. I really <laughs> wish we could have seen a scene gotcha. of one of the zombie babies. That would have been great. I thought they were going to show us a little bit of one. I would have loved the that. Baby in, in the, the baby in the, the stroller. In the 80s, in yeah. the 80s we would have yeah. definitely seen 
a baby being eaten its way I out of the mouth. I don't think it was necessary. They were in a hospital. They were They're in, in a, a hospital. Ho- that would have been a good setup. Yeah. But then the timeline would wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I don't think it was necessary. There I mean, it was no fine. Mothers in the hospital. Right. I just want to give because all the regular people were the, were dead already, yeah. except right. for like the military and the scientists. I just really want to give a lit. For one, I want to say I really like the way they crafted this. I really like the way they added a sense of color, composition, sound, music, this sort of chanting they had going on at the beginning and sort of throughout. The sound design, I, I can't remember who it was. It, was, it, sounded, it seemed like a Dutch composer. It was like Tiapa or Tiapi was like a middle name. But the when I was watching it with Sasha, we were commenting on just how like the sound just had us the whole time. Right. The sound was, yeah. it was amazing. It was amazing, yeah. It was very eerie, but it, yeah. I was captivated from the beginning. I just thought it was well thought out, and it had it had a bit of an emotional connection to the piece because Melanie, who was such a sweet girl, played by Senia Nanua, which I hope she's doing more because she was brilliant in this. She was so well-believable. She was a sweet girl. She was smart. It was well-acted, and you just sort of fell for her. You were like, oh, she's so sweet. Oh, wait, she could possibly eat me. But she's super fucking sweet. And I really like that they sort of added that emotional connection to the piece. It sort of humanized the beast, you know. And I think that's what made her so lovable. You know, it's, it's action-packed at, at times, but it was interesting. And the ending, let's not spoil that, because that was... Oh, you don't want to throw out a spoiler today? You're not, normally ready to throw out a spoiler. I'm spoiled I think we have slight. to. I think, I think you we want to have, spoil I think so we, have, we have to spoil today, because that's such an important part of what makes it's this true. film it's different. True. I agree what with makes you. It interesting. Just a quick aside, I just looked up the box office numbers for this. Mm-hmm. Dramatically low. Yeah. So that makes me think it was, it was an a deliberate it was a deliberate point of the I don't know, of the distribution. Mm-hmm. They tanked it. Yeah, they it's one point three million UK box office and then one point nine worldwide. But watch it blow away digital. streaming and yes. digital yeah. and, yes. and, and D V D sales. Because it's Blue one of those films. People are still buying Blu-ray. It's very, it's very thought-provoking, and I think that people are going to be talking about it because, and it because it sits in the horror movie genre yes, as very does. smart, very thoughtful, very thought-provoking. Because you wonder what the world's going to be like, and at the end of the, the film, she was all about advancing her race of people. Well, once she know, understood who she was, right? Once mm-hmm. she got who she was and why she was there, she set upon this change. In the film, Briefly. that was going to advance her race. But it of ended people. a while, yeah. You know, so there, there's something very telling about that. Well, they said in in a film like, um, they just want to live. Everyone does. I don't think that Melanie said that. You know, it is. I mean, I don't know. You tend, you saw, you saw a necessity for it, and I was so conflicted by the ending. I was like, oh, why would you do that? Because who would want to live? Who but would then not I, want but to then live? You said, Vaughn, you were like, oh, well, who would not want to live? And I was like, I guess. I mean. See, I you're I thinking I want humanity to live. But it wasn't I wanted day, humanity to live. I was more concerned with like her teacher, her yeah. like her her but that's to humanity. like marks. That's humanity. I mean, that is humanity. That was the side that you saw, but she's a new she's a new life form, and that's the that's what I wanted to see progress. I wanted to see that change, right? And that speaks to a whole lot of other things. We're now seeing another form of life. It's not the usual thing that we normally see. Everything is not just black or white. There's the gray area, and she represents the gray area. And that's what I saw in the film, and I wanted to see that thrive. Because right. she now can take us to a whole different place. Right. You know, not only is she a child, 
but she's a basically a new life form. Right. Well, she basically had that stance like I want to live, and by the end I was like, all right, I guess I'm down for Melanie to live, but it's sort of grapple with my own sense of humanity, like you said. But I thought that you know, overall they did a really good job with this film. But this was a great film and a great addition. It was. I think it's so easy to fall into traps with zombie films, and yes. I think they did such a good job of creating this micro. It was like it was. It was. It wasn't necessarily a new genre of zombie film. Maybe it was it kind a new of, genre. It wasn't a new genre at they all. They added right? to the they, lexicon, they, they, but they took a story right. from that lexicon, yeah. and I thought they told it so well, and they kept it, it to well. the point. They didn't try to do too much with no. it. You know, it was very strictly. This is part of you're, you're on a military base. Right. Um, these children, they they did such a good job of of setting it up from the beginning, where they didn't really tell you what the world was going on outside. Right. You right. were in that no, prison. You, were in you that weren't moment. going outside because you were introduced to the children. At yes. First. And we didn't know what was. We didn't know what was happening with, with the, the kids, kids initially. How did they become? It, it, right. It wasn't until. The scientist finally explains way the into end? the film, yeah. way into the film, that we finally realized why the soldiers, because this girl's so polite, but the right, soldiers so have this protocol so nice, for handling yeah. them. For handling Guns them. pointed at their heads at all times. And she was so genuine about it. It was just like, oh, this sweet little girl. Oh, but God, she I didn't wasn't, give a shit about the little girl. She wasn't this but sweet the little girl. Was, but that was the point. They were trying to lull you into that sweetness, <laughs> like a little kid smiling at you in the street. I know she you're heartless. To be evil. And she you're, had and, to and, be evil. And your soul is dead. There had to be something. But sometimes something. when children smile at me, I smile back. No, no, no. <laughs> They're going to cut me. They're going to cut. I mean, I did tell you when we were watching it, I was like, you'd be dead in two seconds. I'm just going to snipe you right quick. Right, so that's my point. But, I was but, like, I kiss you on the head. But afterwards. I think that is, I, I think that it was cool that we we got that way because <laughs> we were pulled into it. Now, what did you think about Glenn Close's character, the the scientist? Mean, she's like she, the antihero. She was the antihero. Part of me liked her though because I appreciate how she was trying to save humanity. No, I don't care about the save humanity part. She was engineering them. Like, mm. when she would give Melanie those questions, she was engineering her to be, like, this leader. leader, this brilliant young girl, even though she knew she was virtually going to be a killer. But, you know, she was definitely engineering her and training her mind. But at the same time, she was using her, you know, because... And she, and she eventually understood that, Melanie, that that was what was happening. But... She was very clever, Melanie. And there's some there's some surprises I thought was were really interesting. I mean I really have to watch it again. Can, can we can we talk about the was it the Kieran or Gallagher character? Kieran or Gallagher. The guy who gets the guy who gets trapped. Uh, uh, the last surviving soldier next to the sergeant. Oh yeah. And then he gets uh, yeah. he gets cornered by the kids in the grocery in like the, the grocery store. Yeah, well he played why, why was he why why did he take his that kind of, that almost bothered me. That bothered bit. me. Why he did he had, take his why did he take his webbing off? Right. And why his was pack. his and his pack and no he got, flashlight. He felt like no he was flashlight. Safe, he felt like he was safe because remember in the middle of London? everyone in the middle of London but everybody yeah. else Zombies was dead. Dark. He had no idea about those feral kids that were there rolling. Known the it was a foolish. He should have known better choice. as a military man. As a military man. But the man. thing was, Porno Mags got him. <laughs> yeah, he it wasn't Porno Mags. <laughs> he fell into <laughs> the human trap because remember he was just sent out to look for food. 
Yeah, but still, and he fell into he was the way human too trap. casual. He yes, was he, way was. Too, he was. He was. He was way too casual. But I think that and he fell into that. He went trap on a Sunday stroll and he got eaten. But so. that says something about humanity, though. That's exactly what we would do. There would always be somebody who'd be like, "Oh well, you know, it's, everything is cool here. It's all quiet. It's just there me." There would be a lot of people that were like that. Yeah, there would be, and that's what he represented. He was that. There's guy. a lot of people that do that, and this is not even the zombie apocalypse. But that's why he fell right into the trap. And the kids, those pharaoh kids, were smart enough to realize. We got him. Well, they were smart from the jump. He became food. They just didn't speak English like Melanie. He became mm-hmm. food real quick because he was just so blindsided by the reality because he wasn't checked into the reality of the world that he lived in. I mean, I don't know. It was really good. I, I liked a lot of their sequences. That whole sequence when they, when they sort of broke in and everyone was fleeing, that whole sequence with them running in the I yard. Love- yes. Where, where, um, where... She had a French name. What was the teacher's French name? She Helen Justino? Justino. Oh, Miss Justino. Justino. Just, yeah. Miss Justino. Miss Justino. So, yeah. yeah um, Miss Justino had that part where she was trying to save Melanie, and she just she's couldn't. Holding her. She's holding her, and it, the truck comes. The fast. truck comes, and I was like, "Oh, where was he? It was so yeah, where it was, was he? a very dynamic. It was very action dynamic sequence. Action we scene. Re- we didn't really see again in the film, but no, but it was uh, shot well. Cut well. I mean, they did a really good job, and I'm really sad that this didn't get. But you know what I appreciate the most? There was no love story. Yes, we didn't have to be bothered or distracted by a stupid love story. I understand. You have no in soul this, in this. Uh, I was love, waiting for love dies. On the love dies in your right, exactly. <laughs> that was. They were late. You. You just in the, I was in the mogul for that. laboratory. In a, right. Yeah. In, you know, alone in the right. cab of the mobile laboratory. Right. Melanie's not here. Apartment. She's gone out. I mean, yeah. it couldn't have been Glenn Close because she <laughs> was... Melanie's gone out to eat little kittens. It definitely wasn't going to be Glenn Close because she was the hard lesbian type, you know. Oh, she got to be a lesbian because she had a short haircut and she was hardened. There's some straight bitches that's hardened too. There was never going to be a love story for her. So it had to be... Maybe if that dyke lived, there was a lesbian that was on base. She, I thought she might make it. I was... With I was mohawk, rooting for her with the, the mohawk. Mohawk, oh, mohawk yeah. lesbian, I was rooting for they her. They got rid of her real quick. They got rid of her too quick. I was like, damn. They got rid of her too no quick. No representation. But the whole thing was, <laughs> So, but I'm so glad we didn't have to get distracted by the love story. Yes, I know. They just kept the story going and they moved forward. They moved and now, you know, in sadly, if, if, if it gets enough attention, they might actually make a sequel for it. I would like a sequel. I think it deserves a sequel. I want to know what happened to Beacon Hill. But the people need. I want to see how because they could do a prequel. They could actually do. I want to see Melanie as a as a teenager. They can do three parts. Melanie is a teen and Melanie is a woman. They could. It could be like Planet of the Apes. She's like Caesar. She's taking over this bitch. Mm -hmm. Because she was already running the place and run and run the place, man. She could run it. She was already running the place because she was running all the other kids, all the feral kids. Exactly. She had everything going. She ran the teacher. Because that what my question is what are they gonna do when the teacher dies? It's gonna be a long time for the teacher dies. They'll be fine. But she gonna be old and decrepit. Well, she getting old and decrepit. Talking about ABCs. Listen, she's educating the zombies, the the neonates of the world. To do what? To kill you. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's so, just what it was. It was important. So how they transitioned? How they transitioned? That moment where the switch the switch flicked. For, for Melanie. Yeah. And she decided in one very quick kind of movement yes. that she was going to destroy the rest of humanity in order to sort of save her kind. Yes. 
I thought that I still but she didn't. didn't she didn't really understand that she was even destroying them. Or she she did. She did. She did because she said that because the Glenn Close was character. I can't remember her name. But right. She did say, you know, well, what happens if all these pods open? Right. And she said, well, the end of humanity. And but I thought it was so well acted in the lab scene where she was yes. trying to convince her to let yeah. her take her brain and her spine yeah. to create to create the vaccine. Right. And she says, well, why should all of you? Why should we all die so all of you can live? Mm-hmm. But it was it was just such a good point because when she left. I still wasn't 100% sure what was going to happen next. And Me too. I, because I was holding on to the hope that she was going to do something that was actually positive. To save humanity. I thought that she somehow had figured out, and this was my naivety because right. I didn't want her to be bad. I didn't want her to be bad either. That by lighting, on, by lighting the pod tower on fire with all the spores in it, that that was actually, that she had somehow figured out that the, the, what was in the spores was actually going to not, it wasn't going to turn people into hungry. That, that that was the vaccine. No, that was extremely naive on my part. But I think well, that's that you you <laughs> I, like to want to, Alex, want to save the world. I don't yeah. want to save the world. I want to save the people save. I like but in it. But what I loved about world. it was the fact that she said, "Fuck these motherfuckers." They yeah. take no, advantage for way too long. Here's my thing. It's time for a change. Yeah. She did say, "Fuck those motherfuckers," but when she mm. saw it affect Marks, she was like, "Oh, like." I didn't realize. She was sad about Marx. She was sad about Marx. Oh, when his teeth but were at the, But at the same mm. time, she really wanted, she really wanted her humanity to stay. But she knew well enough that she wasn't going to take the teacher out. She was like, no, nah, I'm not going to take the teacher yeah. out. That's so not I, happening. So I guess she, the teacher's, I guess Miss Justino, Justino is going to have to survive by having cans of food dropped into the airlock. Yeah. Listen, if that's what has to happen. And maybe one of those little boys in the camp will impregnate her and she'll have It'll, another... Alien, something sort of alien. Your soul is dead inside. Yeah. I'm just, I'm progressing the future. You That's want humanity to change? Miss, Miss Justina ain't gonna have no baby by a damn self. I just want so black lives to matter. Happen? I just didn't want it. Oh, <laughs> and Melanie, by the way, was the only black person. The only left, black so person in black the lives world. ain't gonna matter much longer. Hell, she could have a couple babies by one of those feral kids. What's the problem? Well, Private Gallagher did survive until the last. Yeah. 15 minutes. He did. You know, he, he did pretty well. He did pretty well. Yeah, he did. I was surprised. <laughs> he did pretty well. But I knew once he yeah, opened yeah. that, that uh, gate that it was a wrap for him. Well, I knew once he opened that gate and didn't have a fucking flashlight. Who doesn't go into a dark place in the middle of the post-apocalyptic world without a flashlight? I won't go down my hallway unless I flick a light. So what the fuck are we talking about here? This guy's in the middle of a supermarket with no light. There was hope to one. And he was hope. black. <laughs> This needed to there be a get hope. out episode. Yeah. There was no hope. He forgot. There was no hope. Plus, you know, blacks in Europe, they think there's something else anyway. It's okay. How about blacks just don't make it? But I'm glad that they did here. Yes. <laughs> For a long period of time. Well, anyway, so I just thought this was not your run in the mill zombie flick, and I really love it. And there's so much more to come from this one, I hope. Yeah, let's hope so. So let's hope. But I like where they're going. I like seeing stuff like this, and I, I feel like. You know, the British have a way of making a different kind of movie. And I, Always. And I, I'm so glad for that. So let's just see where it goes from here. Let's see where it goes. What are we going to do next week? Next week we're doing King Arthur. Or I should say next time. <laughs> not necessarily be next week. Not next week, but next time. So King Arthur and the Alien Prometheus sequel, I guess. Now which one is this? Alien Covenant. Oh, Alien Covenant. Thank you, shot, Alex. Shot in the uh, Milford Sounds. 
Table Tasman, New Zealand. Uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cheers so, to the Kiwis. Cheers to the Kiwis. Right. Cheers to our <laughs> landscape. Landscapes. Being uh, contributing to 20% of the GDP since Xena. So, okay. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, like well, I said, we're going to watch. Uh, we're going to watch that next. We'll see what happens. Next week, we'll be reviewing that. And we will be out until right after Mother's Day. So, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I hope you're having fun. Mommy dearest. Listen, don't look, don't make a mean look. We just talked about this little girl. I just felt like we should say happy Mother's Day. Just because I don't have the best relationship doesn't mean I don't appreciate all you people that really love your mothers. We're thanking our mothers and listeners. Yes, we're thanking our moms and the listeners, some of which might be moms. Some of which might be moms. That was my intention. Anyway, thank you very much, Alex, for joining us. Loving it. I'm glad you're mic'd up. I'm glad you're mic'd up. Glad I am too. And this is Beer Bourbon and a Movie.